to uh, Luke chapter 17, 5 verse 20. We'll start there in just a moment. Uh, today, uh, we are finishing up this little series uh, called Forward to kind of kick off the new year. Uh, the f- first week, we started, we let you know kind of how we believe God is moving us forward for 2024. We talked about Be Generous. We talked about our campus expansion. We talked about the priorities uh, that we're facing for 2024. And then last week, we uh, had a pretty important message about moving forward in our personal faith. And that was, uh, it, it was, it impacted quite a few of you. And if you feel like you're kind of in a place in your faith where you're stuck or you're struggling, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message. You can go to our website or you can go to the Church Center app and find all of our past messages there. And so today, I want to kind of wrap this up uh, by taking a step back from just our church and taking a step back from even our personal faith and taking a much broader view of the kingdom of God as a whole. And today, I want to focus on our role in helping advance the kingdom of God forward. Now, when it comes to kingdoms, you and I don't necessarily relate to, to what, that, what it's like living in a kingdom. We, we are more used to things like towns and communities and neighborhoods or cities and states, nations, etc. We don't live in kingdoms anymore. Now, a, a few years ago, I had the experience of visiting a kingdom uh, called the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. <laughs> And I don't know why it's called magic, other than the fact that when I left, money had magically disappeared out of my wallet. (laughs) So I think before we start talking about advancing God's kingdom, we need to know exactly what we're talking about. What is it that we're moving forward? And to help us do that, to kind of set the stage, I want us to read Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, because in this passage, Jesus is talking about the coming of the kingdom of God. This is his introduction uh, to his end times discourse. And he he says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. I want you to hang on to that. The kingdom of God is in the midst of of you. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples. There's some Pharisees and others who were there. And one of the Pharisees listening in wanted to know when the kingdom of God was going to come. And the reason he probably asked that question was because in in his mind, when the kingdom of God would come, it would also bring freedom and independence from the Roman government, right? There were many in that era that believed that when Messiah would come, he would not come as a carpenter, but rather he would come as a powerful king or a mighty military general, and he would overthrow one oppressive government only to establish a godly kingdom, one that would restore Israel to its former glory and power. But but the answer that Jesus gives is actually a paradox, that the kingdom of God is something in the future, yet it's also something that's already here. In fact, this is what he means when he says, behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. But the question is, how can a kingdom be both not yet present and already present? It's called the paradox of already, not yet. Capture that. Already, not yet which, which holds that believers can actively take part in the kingdom of God now, 
although the kingdom will not reach its full expression until sometime in the future. We are already in the kingdom, but we have not yet experienced it in its full splendor and glory. And so when we're talking about the kingdom of God, here's a simple definition of what we're talking about. If you're taking notes, the kingdom of God is God's reign and rule over all things, both now and in the future. We're talking about God's reign and his rule over everything. In other words, God is in charge of the entire universe and everything in it. Or as the writer in Psalm said, God reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. God reigns today as a sovereign king. And his purpose in creating you and me was, was that we would be a part of his kingdom. But because man chose to fall into sin, into the garden, God had to make a way for us to be a part of his kingdom. And that's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to establish God's rule on the earth. When Jesus died and rose again, he, he, he ruled in that moment over sin, our death, and Satan, and he ruled forever, allowing us to be reconciled back to a relationship with our heavenly king and allowing the kingdom of God to now reign in our hearts. And so the kingdom of God is his reign, God's rule over all things, including our hearts and our lives. And a unique illustration of God's kingdom actually comes ironically, from the Roman Empire. When the Roman Empire was at the height of its rule, it was a massive kingdom, and it was growing larger and larger as it conquered and consumed more and more territories. And when a new territory came under the rule of, of Rome, the Romans would use force to make that new territory look and feel as much like Rome as possible. For instance, they would build Roman-like temples and then institute Roman religion. Uh, they, would, they would implant Roman government, Roman education, Roman arts, and they would establish Roman culture everywhere. They did everything they could possibly do to make the new territory just like Rome. And the goal in that level of transformation was that eventually, as a Roman, no matter where you would go in the entire world, you would feel right at home because wherever you were was just like Rome. Perhaps that example, that illustration, helps us to think about the kingdom of God today. The kingdom of God is here with us. It's in us. If you're a follower of Christ, the kingdom of God is in you. It's, it's among us as followers of Christ, as the church, but it's still before us. When everything in heaven is finally instituted here on earth so that God's government, God's glory, God's power will be manifested fully here on earth just as it is in heaven. And so once again, the kingdom of God is something we have access to here and now through Christ, but it's also something we anticipate in the future. R.C. Sproul said it this way, many still look at the kingdom of God as something in the unfulfilled future, but the kingdom has begun. Why? Because the king has been enthroned. God reigns today. He is a sovereign king. He's at work in the world right now redeeming humanity, but there is also a future time 
when his work will be finished. And that will mark the return of Jesus Christ. And that will mark the renewal of all creation. So, so when we're talking about it advancing the kingdom of, of God forward, what we're talking about is establishing the reign of God in our hearts first. That's where it, it's where it begins. Does God reign in your heart? If so, the kingdom of God is, is within you. But also in the hearts of others, our family, our peers, our fellow uh, churchgoers. Does a, does a kingdom of God reign in our hearts, but then also to the ends of the earth. In other words, as followers of Christ, we each have a role to play in moving the kingdom of God forward. It doesn't rest squarely on our shoulders, but we have a role to play in that because that's how God's designed it. And so I want to I wanna spend the rest of our time together talking about what is our role in advancing the kingdom of God forward for the glory of God. Now, we could be here all day talking about this, but I've selected five practical ways, easy ways, that you and I can step into a role helping advance the kingdom of God. And the first one's very simple, serving in and through the local church. Serving in and through the local church. This is perhaps one of the greatest and most practical ways that you and I can contribute to the kingdom advancement. And we were all made to serve as a part of the body of Christ. Listen to Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 from the New Living Translation. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. And then look at verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip who? God's people, that's you, to do what? To do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. That's kingdom advancement. God made each of us with unique talents, with unique personalities and unique spiritual gifts. And we were meant to use our God-given gifts and talents to what? Build up the church here on earth to advance the kingdom of God, okay? It's kind of like, like the appliances in your kitchen. Think about the appliances in your kitchen, okay, and what they're designed to do, right? A refrigerator is designed to keep food cool, right? A stove is designed to warm up food. A dishwasher is designed to clean dirty dishes. And while they're all appliances, they each have a different role in your kitchen. Now, you would not put meatloaf in a dishwasher to warm it up. You would not put dirty dishes in a refrigerator to get them clean. You wouldn't put ice cream in a stove to keep it frozen because that is not the purpose of those appliances. But when, when they fulfill their purpose, they are fulfilling the purpose for their design. And so the question every follower of Christ has to ask, am I fulfilling my desire or my design for the kingdom of God? Am I fulfilling my design? Am I using what God has given me to serve in and through the local church? You see, we have to remember there is no work done for the kingdom that is too little or too insignificant. There's no service 
too little or too insignificant. As long as you are fulfilling your God-given design, you are contributing to the advancement of God's kingdom. And so I encourage you, if you're not serving, find a place to serve. It doesn't have to just be in the local church. It certainly can be, and there's plenty of opportunities. But there's other organizations you can serve through the local church. Great organizations like Vessel and many, many more that are doing wonderful work in our community. And they need people who are willing to serve. So that's one way we advance the kingdom. Secondly, another very practical way is just through prayer. Through prayer. Prayer is communication with the Lord, but it's so much more than just talking to God. Prayer is one of the greatest tools, one of the greatest weapons we have for advancement of the kingdom of God. Prayer is the portal that brings the power of heaven down to earth. Have you ever considered how the population of heaven might be affected by your prayers? You see, our prayers have the power to move the Holy Spirit according to the will of God and open up people's hearts so that they are receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That means there could one day be someone in in heaven who is there because of your unceasing prayers. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. You see, that's why we must never stop praying in his will. Because our prayers have the power to open up hearts to the gospel. Prayer has the power to push back the forces of evil and darkness and advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And if you would say, hey, I'm a prayer warrior. My spiritual gift is prayer. I want to invite you to be a part of the Ridge prayer team. We meet only once a month. We meet in this room and we meet just for a time of a corporate uh, prayers. We're praying for our church, our community, our state, our nation, and, and various things going on throughout our world. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to come together in the power of prayer. And the next time our prayer team meets just happens to be this coming Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., again, right here in this room. And if you would say, I can't do much, but I can pray, then we want you to come and pray and be a part of our prayer team. So we serve in the church, through the church, we pray. The third thing that we can do to advance the kingdom is share the gospel. Share the gospel. And this is, this is, all, this is for all of us. We, we don't all have to share the gospel in the same way, but we should all be sharing the gospel. That word gospel, it means good news. We're sharing good news, just like we would share, hey, I got a promotion at work. Uh, uh, hey, I, I'm, I'm moving into a new home. Hey, uh, you know, things, my, my health is improving. I mean, we would share, easily share that good news with anybody. The gospel is the good news that needs to be shared, that Jesus Christ is king. Before Jesus left the earth to ascend back to the, far, to, to the Father, he promised that the Holy Spirit would give power to, his, to the disciples and to those who were spreading the gospel. And here's what that power was for in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes into us, we become witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing his good news. And again, this may look different for all of us, but here are some things quickly that we can do that'll, that'll allow us to share the gospel effectively. First of all, 
Live a holy life. Live a holy life. When we live for holiness, guess what? Our lives will look different. And when our lives look differently from others, people will want to know what makes you different. Why is your life so different than mine? And that opens the door to share the good news. So if you're living for anything else than holiness, if you're living for anyone else other than Jesus Christ, start there. Live a holy life. Secondly, live as an ambassador for Christ. Just as an ambassador of a nation carries an important message and represents the one who sent that message in the same way you carry an important message as a follower of Christ. You carry the gospel with you wherever you go and you represent Jesus Christ, the one who has sent you with that message. And so we must be ready at all times as an ambassador to share the message that we've been sent. And then thirdly, live as a disciple. Live as a disciple. A disciple is one who follows another and then tries to mimic their life including making more disciples. That's what discipleship is all about. Jesus is still the one that we follow. We try to map his life onto ours, but also in the process, we're leading others to become like Jesus. You heard that through Doug's testimony about Vessel. They're taking young adults and they're taking them deep into discipleship. That means they're showing them what it means to live like Jesus and then replicate that so others can live like Jesus as well. You want to share the gospel, but you're just like, oh, I don't really know what to say. I don't know enough. Well, put that aside. Live a holy life. Live as an ambassador. Live as a disciple. And let me tell you, doors will fling open for you to share the good news of Jesus. And that's what we do to advance the kingdom of heaven. The fourth thing, there's only two more. Hang with me. Support those doing the work of ministry. Support those doing the work of ministry. To support kingdom advancement means to support those who've given their life to the works of ministry. We're not all called to be pastors. We're not all called to be ministers. We're not all called to be uh, missionaries, but we are called to support those who are called, okay? And here's why. Here's some numbers I want you to remember. 40% of pastors considered quitting ministry in 2023. Almost half of the pastors in this country last year considered quitting. Only one in three pastors is considered healthy in terms of their well-being. Only one in three. 41% of missionaries leave the field by the end of the first 10 years, and 68% leave by the end of 20 years, all for preventable reasons. And so here are some very simple yet powerful things that you can do to support those who are called to do the work of ministry. We've talked about one, but here it is again. First, pray. Be diligent to pray for your pastors, for your ministers, for your missionaries every single day because doing the work of ministry is not easy. Really, spiritual warfare is something that a pastor or a minister or a missionary face every single day, every moment. You know why? Because Satan knows he's crafty. He knows if he can take out a pastor, then he's most likely gonna take out a whole church. If he can take out a minister, He's most likely going to wipe out a whole ministry. If he can take out a missionary or a missionary's family, then he can wipe out a whole mission field. And so it's spiritual warfare all the time. Pray for God to equip your ministry servants with strength and wisdom, with perseverance and power and the discipline to share the gospel faithfully. And hey, pray for the well-being of your pastor and and your ministers and your missionaries, but not only them, pray for the well-being of their spouses and their families as well. 
Another thing you can do to support, uh, support those who do the work in ministry is to encourage them. I mean, you saw the statistics. We have more ministers and missionaries leaving ministry right now than we have coming in. We have more pastors in America without churches. I mean, I'm sorry, more churches in America without pastors than young pastors coming out of schools or colleges or just being called into the ministry. We have some pastors that are pastoring as many as four churches in some places because there's just not enough people being called into ministry. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And one of the ways that we advance the kingdom forward is by encouraging those who are on the front lines every single day doing the work of ministry. And then another way we do that is by by being an advocate, by being an advocate for our ministers. I was talking to a good, a good friend this past week who has a heart for advocating for missionaries who are on foreign soil, dangerous places, sharing the gospel. And she reminded me of this great quote from William Carey. Before William Carey left to be a missionary in India, he told one of his friends this, I will go down into the pit if you'll hold the rope. I'll go down into the pit if you'll hold the rope. Carey was relying on his friend to be a rope holder by advocating for him while he was doing the work of ministry. You know, there are some are called to ministry. Some are called to the mission field, but many are called to be a rope holder to ensure that the kingdom of God continues to move forward. Let me ask you a question. Who are you holding the rope for? Who are you advocating for? Who are you praying for? Who are you encouraging? And this church does a great job of doing all of these for our pastors and our ministers and our missionaries. You do a wonderful job looking out for us, holding the rope for us. And I want to say thank you for your faithfulness. But there are so many more that don't have anyone advocating for them, no one encouraging them, no one holding the rope. So let's make sure we're doing that to help advance the kingdom of God. And then the last thing that we can do to advance the kingdom of God is through our giving through our giving. I believe that God blesses us with finances and material resources, not just so that we can build a nice, comfortable life for ourselves, but so that we might also contribute to the kingdom of God. Every time God places resources in our hands, we should not clutch those resources as if they're all ours. We should live with an open hand. I've said this before, so that those resources have the opportunity, if God wills, to flow through our hands to bless someone else. And that's how the economy of God works. It works through his people to bless the kingdom. We believe that God blesses us to be a blessing to others for the sake of the kingdom of God. You see, that's the job of a steward. That's our role to carefully manage. We don't consume everything that comes our way, but we manage what God gives us. It's his resources. We've been entrusted with that, and we manage it in such a way that it honors him and advances his kingdom. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And it's never about the amount that we give. You remember the story of the widow's might? It wasn't about how much she gave. It was her willingness to give so that the kingdom of God would advance forward. And so church, listen, these are, these are just some practical ways. I didn't even cover near everything. These are just some practical ways that you and I together advance the kingdom of God forward. That means stepping into our role and doing what God has called us to do. That might be serving in 
this local church. We have plenty of areas where you can serve. Trust me, if you feel like you don't have a place here or you don't know how to get plugged in, all you gotta do is ask one question, how can I serve? And you'll have about 10 different opportunities. Serve in the local church. Serve through the local church. Find a great partner. Find a great community organization. Family Connections right now needs, needs volunteers just to, to help volunteer in a warming center where people who have no home can come and they can stay warm during the night. We can't get enough volunteers. We need people. That's the way we serve the kingdom. People who can just stay awake and help keep a warming center open. It's as simple as that. So we serve in through the local church, pray without ceasing. Share the gospel by living a holy life, by being an ambassador. Being always ready to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Encourage those who do the work of ministry. Be a rope holder for somebody. And then give financially, however the Lord leads you. If you're a follower of Christ this morning, no matter what's going on in your life, you have meaning and purpose because you belong to the body of Christ. Because you are called to be a part of God's, God's mission in this world, which is bigger than all of us, by the way. Bigger than whatever's going on in our life. And that role, that mission is to fulfill our role in advancing the kingdom of God forward. You see, this alone, this, just this topic alone, this purpose, could perhaps be the most compelling reason for us to get out of bed in the morning. No matter your age or your stage of life, once we experience the kingdom of God in us through Christ, and once we see others around us, the body of Christ experience the kingdom of God in them and do the works that God has prepared us to do, man, then we get what's called a kingdom vision. Kingdom vision it means we no longer see just this world and what this world has to offer to us, and what we can gain in this world. As the old song says, those things kind of fade away. And all of a sudden we have new vision. It's a kingdom vision. It's a vision of what's here in us, but, yet what, but what is yet to come. God's kingdom. I pray that this church will always have kingdom vision and that we will know exactly what our role is in advancing the kingdom of God. And we do that until his kingdom comes in all its splendor and glory. Amen. Church, let's pray together.